Years ago in my town, the city absentee fathers and the city single mothers got together, and they had a meeting, and they announced to the population of the town that they would be selling a large parcel of land right in the middle called the Field of Infinite Giving, which was a large area, sort of forest, that was home of the cow of eternal need meeting, which is where everyone got everything they always wanted and needed. It was a beautiful place that provided all the food and all the entertainment that the people could need. And again, it had this cow that could give you coins or milk or something more fancy, like cheese. You would go to it, a special occasion, let's say. A lot of people abused it, not uh, hurt it or anything, but would abuse the privilege of having anything they wanted, and they say well, they would have the smallest things catered. Say, my child is graduating kindergarten, and we would like you to provide a buffet, complete with some sort of slicing table. And the cow would go, and then, oh, I'm sorry, you know, it could be something else. It could be a creature that you're not. So people would do that and come to then the uh, people ran the city, said we're selling the field to a developer. Now, developers are wonderful. What they do is they'll go into a place that's undeveloped. Say something like a forest or an old mountaintop or a swamp. And they'll say, there's nothing in this place. This isn't, what an empty, dead area it is. I'd like to develop it. If only it could be, something could be there. So the developer came and they said, we would like to put a mall. And all the people said, what is a mall? And they said, it's a sort of large plastic cave. And you'll go in there. We're going to take all the living things out of this area. And then we're going to replace it with some sort of black death that we harvest from the depths of the earth. And then on top of that, we're going to put these square boxes. And you'll go and there's no windows. Why is there no windows? Nobody knows. It's very strange. But we're not going to put any windows either. It's just a plastic cave. And we'll go and we'll do all our business there. And we'll virtually live in it. And all your people must work there. And you must guarantee that we will have enough what we call uh, labor same word as when you're given birth and it hurts. We'd like this is like that every day. That's what labor is. Every day you give birth and they keep the baby and you keep the pain. And so that's what it is. And so they go there and you, you labor. And uh, the people said, all right, we will, we will demolish the field. That meets all our needs. And then we will go to this. So they, the Satana family, which was the developers, we're very generous with the town. They said, we will we'll build a lot of it if you pay for it, and we don't have to pay anything to you. And they said, that's great. What a great deal. They say, because we're bringing jobs to the town. And they say, what do you mean? They say, well, your people there are going to work there. They say, yes, and they'll get money. Yes, from whom? From the other people in the town. So they're just going to have a new place to hand each other the money. And the Satana family will get paid every time that happens. That's what the beautiful thing is. So now more people are benefiting and getting money in this. So the mall goes up. And I remember there was a big gathering and they were going to test everybody to see where they belonged in the mall because there was all sorts of stores. And depending on your skills or anything. So if you were an artist, let's say, they take you and they say, do you, can you do airbrushing? Could you air, and they test you out. They would say, airbrush jive turkey on this hat. Shh. I don't remember how the, what the airbrush sounds like. It depends which end you're listening to. The one that's uh, zitzing the uh, paint or the generator. Isn't that funny? It depends where your ear is to what you hear. And they would uh, do that, and then, or they'd say, "Look, you could, could you put that on a, could you put dynamite on a license plate?" So we'll have the vanity license plate. It's so funny they call them vanity license plate because if you really cared about yourself, you would never have one. 
So I don't know why they'd say, oh, it's all about me. If it were, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't put that on a um, license plate in the front like that. Nothing looks better than silver plastic on another kind of other type of plastic. Someone said to me, oh, it's not mine, though. It's Lucite, but you can't tell. So you paid more for it. Yes. Well, it wasn't worth it because I can't tell really from a distance. It might as well be made of plastic. I think that about people sometimes. You say, you might as well be plastic over there, my friend, the way you're just standing there behind the counter. So they would do that. A lot of times they would have to tolerate your uh, tolerance of the smell of warm nuts because I had places like that. They would have the places and they're going to stand in front of the nut warmers all day long and there's a, a sort of acrid, oily odor that comes from these uh, overheated walnuts and pecans or whatever. And they're also seasoned. What are they seasoned? They're seasoned with anti-special seasoning. So that those kind of places, they had... Places that had adult gifts. What's it, what are adult gifts? Most gifts. But I guess this one's anything that has any kind of gift where you either start thinking about or need it for your genitals, I think is what, really what they're saying there. And why don't they just say that on the front of the store? There's nothing worse than double entendre accompanied by graphic porn. Let's just say it. Holy cow. Who are you protecting? Nobody, you know, say, so I'd be all, I'd be all for real modesty, but the, the, the sort of false kind is, is uh, makes you kind of icky, feel, feel wrong. So, uh, that'd be when I go over to somebody's house and they say, Oh, I'm going to the pastor's house. I went over there and I can't even begin to describe this ashtray that he had. I can't describe it to you. It is awful. I can't say it. I'm traumatized by it. Use your imagination. They always say that, you know. Um, but people's imagination, who knows what they're imagining? The mall right now, I hope, because I hope I'm describing it in enough detail. What was the floor? I can't remember what the floor looked like. They keep you from remembering because they don't want you to look down. They want you to look in the windows of the shop. That's why there's no windows to the outside. The only windows that matter are windows that have something on the other side that you can buy. And you can't buy what's on the other side of a window to the outside world. That's useless to you. So in a mall, they want you to focus. Please focus. But it's confusing to me also because of mannequins. They're not available ever. And they're very stingy with them. You say, I will, but I need one for an art project. They go, you got to go to the wholesaler or something. So we don't sell ours. Well, you will in a couple of years because people aren't going to want a, a, the silver kind with the pointy hands. You're going to go back to having a different kind, and you're going to try to unload these, and you won't be able to, just like they had to sell the kind that had faces painted on them because they became so profoundly disconcerting. They say, we would sooner have the faceless kind that looked like a Doctor Who villain than we would the kind that looked like psychotic 20s dolls, which they did for a long time, and you'd go in to buy a suit or something. That's why when you watch it, let's watch an old Three Stooges together, shall we? If you watch the old Three Stooges and they're set in a tailor shop or something, you will see that the mannequins are kind of realistic. And therefore, you can do these gags where mannequin, mannequin, shimp, which is the formula for it. And But you can't do that nowadays because a lot of the mannequins are very stylized. They just look like somebody has a body stocking on because they don't want you to think about the face. Don't think about the face. It's just a silver blob person wearing it. Think about the sweater that's on the blob person and focus on that. Don't you want that? Wouldn't you look good in that? How would I know? Well, imagine that you're the, I'm not the blobby and silver. All right. Also, he should have a little tummy on him. None of them are going to have a little tummy on him. Therefore, you won't know how the clothes hang. That's another thing, too. They put them on people who aren't you or non-people who aren't you. If you're going to put it on a puppet, put it on a me puppet. That's what I always say. So then there's a, the, some of the jobs are more sales-oriented, so you have to deal with the public, and other things are, are you just stand there. So I was looking for a just stand there kind because interacting with folks, I don't know. I don't know what they, you know. I think a little deeply about things, so 
sometimes I just, I'm like, I don't know what you want me to say. I don't know why we're, I don't know why we're going through this whole charade, I will say, like, things like that. So those aren't practical in sales. And uh, so at the time, there was a tobacco shop, and I've mentioned that many times. There's things that we wouldn't have nowadays, just things that, uh, one was called Filthy Meats, and it was just uh, food kept at temperatures that we wouldn't do now. Um, Set Out Butter was a place that was lovely, but none of the butter, and they would sell these fancy butters, but none of it was refrigerated. Well, and this is just the old way of doing things. I remember my my grandmother had cookbooks where almost everything was set in aspic. It was like almost everything was an amber fly, you know, like a like an ancient fly set in amber. Except it was aspic, and it was I don't know, like a salmon or a quail egg, and then the quail egg would be sitting there in this in this quivering clear jello. And uh, it was resigned to its fate. It looks like it's frozen in there like a sci-fi movie. What will you do now, Mr. Egg? <laughs> uh, you're trapped indefinitely in there and you will not age. And then people would eat this. The other thing they would do is they would, um, they would make salmon look like a donut by glazing it with something pink. And for years I didn't know, and I still really don't know what that is because I don't know that I've tasted it. But I don't think anymore that it's the same as cookie frosting. Because I used to think that's a whole fish with cookie frosting on it. But I don't think it is. I think it's made out, It's probably made out of salmon. I didn't know I liked salmon for a long time until I had it out of the can. And I thought, hey, this isn't half bad. I had the, the fresh stuff. is nauseating. That's what I thought as a child. Now I don't think that. I still don't know. I, I, uh, do I eat fish? I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know what I'm eating. There's a lot of things that you say, was this a scallop? No, it's a, someone will say it's a shark, but uh, with a melon scooper. Has, it's been, it's scooped out shark and made it look like a scallop or punch, the hole punch. They take a hole puncher to a shark. That's oh, horrifying. I hope they don't do that. I, mean, I don't like sharks or anything. I don't want to eat them. Aren't they oily? Aren't we? Aren't people oily? I don't know. I don't know. Something eats us. There's something the uh, lady got eaten in Florida recently. And that happens. If you're going to, that is the most likely, not by human. Well, no, it's that too. I think Florida's the most likely to get eaten by anything. You can get eaten by a person or something large. Aquatic marine fauna or just regular old or giant reptile or something. Who knows? Bear. Oh, I just read in the news. This was so funny because I talked about, I think I talked about the Jungle Book, which one of the mall stores sold. I'll get to the Jungle Book store at the mall. But this lady was raising what she thought was a big old dog. She thought, oh, I've got like one of these uh, Tibetan fluff hounds or something. She's raising it. And it turned out, no, it was one of those Asian black bears, which I think is what Baloo is. I can't be sure, but I think he is in, in Jungle Book. So Baloo had, uh, uh, what, what, disguised as a puppy. Isn't that so like him? He disguised as a puppy and got his way in, you know. I'm just, you know, I'm just a dog who likes eating ants and alcohol or whatever. I don't know what his shtick is. But I get to Phil Harris confused with the party plate, I guess. Uh, but, he, uh, but then she had to give him up to the zoo cause it wasn't a dog. You know, a lot of times they'll be like, Oh, we got a new student. That'll happen to us. No, it's a 30 year old, uh, crazy person. But I didn't know that happened with animals too. They can, but check your dog, please tonight, check your dog or cat and make sure it's the species you think it is. I mean, look deeply in its eyes again, and you might be sitting there and depending on how many you know, how, how much drugs you take, and you might look into the animal's eyes and thinking, that's no dog. Hardy's got me thinking now. I wonder what that is. I think I feel like that's a type of otter or something. It's a whistle pig. What are those called for real? Gophers. No, is that a gopher or a whistle pig, right? A groundhog. <clears throat> groundhog, I mean. They're large, right? They're the big, scary ones that you see and go, what was that? Like in Michigan or something. And um, 
I've never seen a real wolverine. I know that the, they have the sharp adamantine spikes that stick out of their hands when they get riled. There was a, uh, the other day, I'm, I was watching, so the they had, they didn't have video stores yet in the mall at this time. This is pre-video. Nobody had videos yet. Why did you watch adult movies? Adult movies, like It's a Wonderful Life? No, it was right around that time, but I don't think they had, uh, they didn't have the videotape stores yet, maybe. I don't know. They just were starting to, they didn't have them in malls, though. They were freestanding, or they'd have them in tents at the side of the road. They also sell big blankets that had, that looked like a zebra pelt, but with Elvis on it, which is a lovely thing. So many things you can get there. Do, is it real, is it art, though? Depends. I don't know. It's it's context. We I've gone to one of those hanging blanket places just as an exhibit. They don't like. They don't want you to do that. They really just want you to get one. I was like, I'm just taking it in. All this to me is art. And they go, it's not art though. <laughs> just buy one. I've done that with boiled peanuts too. I go, I just want to look at the boiled peanuts. And they go, we don't want you to just look at the boiled peanuts. We'd like you to buy them. I'm here to admire the tomatoes. Buy the tomato, sir. And I will get them very angry. But the thing is that I do appreciate things intrinsically. I don't have to, everything doesn't have to be a commercial interaction. And merchants don't like that about me necessarily. So I'll tell you about the time I met a pieman going to the fair. But that's, uh, blah. So we're back at the, the mall. Now, oftentimes in malls, there's always a, a store or a building that's antisocial that does not want to be in the mall proper and say, I would like to be uh, what they call super critical. <laughs> but that just means above, like a, a diacritic. You know what I mean? Is that super, is that the word I'm using? Like up into, like an exponent, like 10 to the 10 power or something, 10 to the ninth power. Is that super critical or something up in the corner? No, I don't know. One time my friend and I went to a place and they got uh it was a pancake place, and you could get a side of something, and I don't know what he ordered, but he got regular pancakes, like regular side pancakes, and they, didn't, they brought him a side of silver dollar pancakes and, and put it up, you know, up and to the right of his pancakes, and he was like, these are pancakes to the pancake power. So uh, I was like, it's very good. That's excellent. That's a very good visual joke. And uh, I may have been drunk. Because pancake places, you don't know if it's day or night. You can't, you go in there and you go, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm drunk and it's night or I'm just really tired and it's day. I worked at a bus station in high school and I had to get there at five. And sometimes the owner would go for breakfast first at like 5.30 or something. I don't even know what was open. Some trucker place or something. And I'd sit there and I remember having like a patty melt at 5.30 or something and thinking, I don't know where I am. I don't know where I am, but I don't like it. That's what I thought. Uh, 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 oh, it's time. What is the next line? Uh, uh, it's time I, over my mouth comes something, something. <laughs> Tenderness. Oh, I was singing that all day long, and I forgot it already. In that, oh, oh, over my mouth comes something spiteful. Thanks. That would have driven me crazy. The tests to get into these stores in the mall then were quite extensive. It was like taking, it's like hundreds of years ago, taking a, a Chinese civil service test. It was very stressful, but if you got in, you know, you were in. You were in the mall. And then you could jump around from store to store. You know, I was over there selling turquoise jewelry, and now I'm over here. I sell lotion. So it could be anything, selling jelly beans, selling flavored coffee. You didn't know coffee was just coffee flavored. It's going back to being just coffee flavored. But at the time the mall opened, that was the one flavor of coffee you couldn't get was coffee. And it would be cinnamon and hazelnut and uh, cedar. I don't remember, but I, all those sorts of things. And you go, well, I can't, vanilla. Cherry. They all smelled like every. They all smelled like Tom Ford fragrances. It was really something. And uh, 
And then, they, you know, they inter- started introducing people to grinding your own coffee again. You know, why buy it ground? So when you buy it ground, you don't know what's in it, whether it's ants or anything, and it, or cardboard. But when you get the bean, you can see the bean. You can grind it up. And people are like, well, that made sense. And now I can smell I like smelling it. And just in the morning, that aroma of n- nut, again, warm nuts. You have to take the warm nut mo- uh, smell morning caveat. And uh, so you work one of those places. I didn't really want to do a food thing. I knew that. And um, so there was one of these supercritical buildings out in the parking lot. And it was, and the reason it had to be is because it was a small, it was like a miniature golf course. So it had a game place. And then you'd go out back and where there used to be, uh, I don't know, like alligator habitat or something had turned into a lovely children's miniature golf course. And um, the little holes and little where there were snakes, there were now little nooks and little little dark little holes and things. So it was a wonderful, inviting uh, space, and they had games and everything. And I wanted to be in show business. I knew that. I knew that I wasn't talented enough to do the airbrush hats. Now, well, some of you are laughing and going like, "Did it really say jive turkey and everything?" Think about this for a minute. So let's say it was the early 80s. And let's say jab turkey is, is something that's not even 10 years old. And I remember the time thinking, that's, a, that's something they said back in the flapper days or something in the 20s. Nowadays, I'm like, uh, something that happened 20 years ago, I think is like, yeah, well, it was just the other day, wasn't it? I really, you know, the older you get, that's not a long, you know, a couple of years is not a long time. So I might still get a shirt that says, you know, dynamite or something. But now it would have the J.J. Walker reference would be to this ads where he's like, you know, these Social Security supplements that you don't need are what you need. So um, the only thing that's helped with me is that he said, check your zip code. And I was like, I don't even I don't know what for, but I'm going to do it because I don't think I've checked mine in a while. And I wasn't aware you know, that they'd been expanded. And I know this, so you said that happened 30, 40 years ago. They've added a few digits. But now I know them, so I'm going to start um, start using them more. They don't really ask for them much. It's funny how much they started asking for your Social Security number at some point in your life there. Now not as much. People online are interested in it and all sorts of other things. I get so many wonderful offers from around the world. None of this happened back in the mall days. We didn't know... And I think that's why time moved differently, too. Because, you know, if you just weren't around, there's no way to search for it on the Internet. You know, if you missed a television show, you missed it. It's not like it's like, oh, sometimes they brought things back, you know, but the rare things were in repeat. So, you know, they'd show like Wizard of Oz or something like that. And like I said, some, you know, Three Stooges. The reason they showed things like that is because, you know, in the early days of television, even now, they quickly run out of content. And so for kids, they ran out of content quickly. And also, they don't care about kids. They, don't, um, they didn't realize how much they could sell them at the time. So there's like, put something on. So they grabbed all this stuff that used to run before movies back in the day. So they grabbed Three Stooges. They grabbed old Bugs Bunnies and things like that. Uh, old Popeyes. So all these things were in movie theaters. And when they ran out of those, they had to make fresh ones. So it was like, well, we, but you know, let's do it, but let's lo- le- you know, let's not spend a lot of money. So out came like the Flintstones and all these things that look like they have about one drawing every hour. And um, you know, they just weren't done because they weren't done for theaters or anything. And who cares about children? And uh, so there, there, there you have it. Um, but this uh, grand tradition. I guess is what I'm getting at. It's something I felt uh, connected to a bit, and uh, uh, also the you know the memory. I wanted to preserve the the memories. I mean, nowadays we can we can see all this stuff, but the you know the mall you had to be there. So I wanted to be there, and oh, on the video games too, you couldn't really cheat because you couldn't figure out how. Unless somebody, I guess you, you find a magazine. There's something you send for in the back, and they can tell you. Now you can go online, and, and but now you had to show up and play a video game over and over and over with your little tokens, you know. 
and get very good at it. Some people get very good at things. I would think that the person who was the best at whack-a-mole, I always thought, what now? What mountain now? What do you scale now? Now that you've done that, where do you go from there? Is it all? And you master anything. It's like, I've mastered, you know, joust. What now? And uh, I guess anything, really. Now you can probably, you could probably do anything that required rapid button pushing and stuff like that. I hope that's not, we, we don't need that in the military. You know, that's too fast or something. Also, if that's the way the machines are designed, you know, you get, you have to, every time you move, you have to hit it once, hit the button once. I'm sure they've got it. You know, they don't even have to have people play video games now. They have AI. So I've been in arcades that are completely empty because they don't need people because they have things the machines can play themselves. And I think we're going to see more and more of that. I think it's just empty spaces. Very scary ones. That's why I have all these YouTube liminal spaces things, you know. Oh, I'm in the back rooms. Where am I now? There's no people here. Doesn't need to be people. It's beautiful. You're, get, you're, you're making it seem all scary. But it's just emptiness and demons now. It's, you're free to do stuff. And that, like, if you ever saw those wonderful films in the 50s or something and they had them at, at Disney World that say look in the future you're going to have all this done for you can you imagine not having to wipe your own butt after you use the toilet but instead sit there well they have bidets are better probably but they have robots that are made of water like that like the Terminator 2 uh, robot and it's a bidet so he's liquid but his it's a liquidy hand and it's a wonder if that's what the future will be like. You won't have to do anything for yourself. Can you imagine that? Imagine if you can imagine it, then it's either a nightmare or a dream. And the difference between a nightmare and a dream is just detachment. So, you know, just you got to feel, I don't care if the, the lion of the mall eats me. So be it. I will be its food. And then it will digest me, and I will be absorbed into it, and I will become part of the monster. I would have made a terrible Jonah. The fish would have eaten me, and I was like, I'd be, so be it. <laughs> and God would say, that's not the lesson here. What is the lesson of Jonah? Jonah's a prophet, and he's the only successful prophet in the Bible. And God comes in and said, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to tell the king of Nineveh to change their ways or else those people are doomed. And Jonah's like, I do not want to do that. A, I don't want to get involved. I don't have a dog in this pony show, he said. He said, I don't want to be involved. I'm running from that. He goes, that's your fate. You must go and you're going to, you're going to help. You're going to tell them that they're wrong and that to save people and to uh, save suffering, you must change your ways. And uh, Jonah opts out. And so he goes, you know, on this uh, boat and, and everything, you know, he tries to run away. And uh, they say, Have you, are you running away from something? Because it's awfully stormy out here. And so they toss him over because they figure out he's jinxed. Because you could just see it on his face. No, God didn't say anything to me. You know, and you give it away. So in he goes and he gets in the belly of we know it's not a whale because they say a fish and a whale is, in fact, a mammal. So I'm thinking it's a shark. And so he's in this one of those giant uh, mega, megadon, which is I think they had in the Bible days. And so he's in this, it's figurative, ain't there real fish? Just listen to the story. So he's in this, you know, he's trapped in this. Uh, and he gets coughed up on the on, on dry land, and he goes and he uh, he fulfills. He goes to Nineveh. And he goes like, "You're all gonna repent. You gotta repent." So you know what the king does? He does. He goes, "Thanks for the heads up, man. It sounds like things could have gotten pretty pretty bad." This is the only time this happens in the Bible. Every time that a prophet says something, they go, "You're shut up. You're an idiot," and they throw them in jail, and the people are doomed. This is the one time 
that someone said something bad's going to happen in the future unless you do something. They listened to him. And then what was his takeaway? Now I look like an idiot. So it'd be like if I was on the radio saying, we must change our hearts. We must stop being cruel. We must, you know, not do this or, or this is what's going to happen. You're going to live in a world that has this and that. And I'll describe it. And you say, oh, Hardy's right. And you change everything. And what I said never happens. It makes me, does it make me not a prophet? Because that didn't come true. So it makes me successful in that I prevent suffering. But now I no longer predict suffering. So it was very complicated. And I told them this at the mall interview. And they said, you are going in to the game store. Because I think what you're describing is decision theory. <laughs> I said, no, I'm, no, I'm pretty sure it's not. But I, so I went over there and I worked in this uh, putting area, miniature putt game place. And I became the clown. Eventually they had a mascot clown. And I worked there, and those are other stories, because then, then there was like physical, then people physically want to hurt you and do, and things like that. And then there's an old mall, another sort of southern mall thing going on. There's one thing, you know, working in an old 80s southern mall, and then doing it as a dressed as a clown. And not a good one, you know, just orange and white. I wish I had worked at the place that sold those orange uh, drinks, and I'll tell you what's in them. Egg whites, orange juice, and sugar. And those are, that's good. Try that. Try that tonight. Get some orange juice. Get some egg whites, one or two. And then throw some sugar in. Put it in a blender. Oh, with ice. With ice. And it's, it's yummy. I know. I don't know. It's probably not. It's kind of breakfasty. It's a little sugary for me. I would kind of, I'm not sure I can have it. I'll have to check with my doctor. And uh, uh, Dr. Vinny Boombots or something like that. I don't know. I'm one of those old celebrity doctors. Now, what is my doctor's name? My doctor's name, her name's Heidi. I won't tell you her last name. I don't call her that. I call her doctor. In fact, I forget her name sometimes, and I'll just, I'll just say, doctor, you know, and I'll just try to describe her. Really nice. She's really nice. Um, glasses. I don't know. I got to tell you, I don't remember. I know when I don't get my doctor, though, I'll guess uh, you are a young resident. Uh, sometimes I'll get down there and go, how can you tell I'm a resident? And I go, it's the giant eyeball that you are wearing on your head that is the giveaway. That's a little top hat on it. But uh, that's not always the case. Right now, uh, I was thinking, do I even need a job? But then I remembered that the, the city had required it. They were saying, everybody's going to work at this place. This is um, uh, sort of a requirement. You know, We didn't just get rid of this field of abundant uh, giving for nothing. You know, We did it to give us a better way of life. And gallons hundreds of thousands of gallons of stormwater runoff that we now are not sure what to do with. It's extra. That's what's so wonderful. We had, I don't remember there being all this water before when this wasn't paved, but now we have this abundance of stormwater and we can store it in pits all around the uh, periphery of the, of the property. We'll put these wonderful concrete pits and in them, can all be all the wonderful oily uh, runoff that we didn't have before. Now we have that. What can we use that for? Oh, you can't really use it. But something will grow. Who knows what will grow up in there? That's the thing. It's, uh, I feel like, in a way, you're, you're sort of nudging evolution. You think, what can survive in that? Whatever survives in that is going to have a little advantage. So um, that extra eye on that fish is not just, it can now see into the future a little bit, and it helps it as a predator, or even as prey, you know, to get out of the way. That's what I use that for. And if it wasn't for a certain level of toxicity, 
I don't know that we would ever, it's, there needs to be a little bit of push, a little bit of pressure, or we'll never grow anything out of our heads. I'm worried about the human race. I feel like if, if, if things were a little harder, then maybe we would start to, you know, select for, I don't know, people would have things, sharp things coming out of their shoulders, like guar, just naturally, you know, but I don't know that, but things are so, we're so pampered now with so many things. Um, things are so clean now. People used to die of infections just by looking at one another. And now that now that doesn't happen so much because people just know just by like rinsing a wound is even even sufficient sometimes. But not back in the day. Uh, you know, people would get a cut and they'd go, wait a minute, you know, let me let my elderly uh, grandfather lick that or something. And but now, you know, they just you run right for the medicines, which is fine. I'm all for that. Hey, we're living longer, sicker which is a great thing, and you can open places for that, too. I don't remember as many. We had as many nursing homes back in the day. Now there's lots of them, lots of them. So many people are living longer and require constant 24-hour care that there's entire industries, really. So that's a, that's a, a, a wonderful thing. And you know, my only concern is this. I know a lot of them watch television. Is, is there too much on? Because I remember going and visiting elderly relatives back in the day, and they'd all be in this, all in their wheelchairs, in this room that looked like it was out of a, um, you know, movie. Uh, what, what's the room? The Cuckoo's Nest, you know, stark hospital room, and they're all staring at the same television set that is mounted very high, and and they're all looking at Night Court, or something, or chips. And, you know, they're all on the same page there. But I don't know. Now there's so much on. And, and I would worry that it would confuse them. I was at a hotel recently and I was going through, you know, there's so many channels. One of the channels is about the hotel usually. That one I like the best because I thought this one is maybe I'll pop up on it. I was wondering that. I go, is there one that's a, this a hotel, but it's just in people's rooms. What if, I wonder what people are doing. So it isn't that, though. But um, uh, I was watching it and there was a reality show on. And I'd never seen it. I don't even want to discuss what it was about, but it was so niche that I thought, "There's you know, how many have I missed now that were on the like they were on you know the decoupage people or something like you know all these folks they all make decoupage and have all sorts of drama." But I was thinking, if by the they've got to that, I must have missed all the stuff in between, all the pedestrian things that people are doing in the name of reality. And just watching other people's, it's so funny, because at least the relationships on TV used to be slightly unusual, you know. But now you just literally just watch your own life up there. And I don't know, that feels, well, well but if you stop living it and just start watching it, what's it doing, what's it reflecting now? Oh, you wonder about that. Whose life is it if I'm just a watcher? Then you'll watch them, watching them, watching them, watching them. It'll be recursive. It'll be like a infinity mirror. Anytime those pop up in the mall sometimes, infinity mirrors uh, inadvertently, like in a display case or something where there's two mirrors on either end of the display window. And, you know, if you want to stick your head, I'm afraid to stick my head in because there could be light that's been bouncing around there for infinity. And if I get, what if I stick my head between it? But, you know, then you see that reflection of a reflection of a reflection that seems to go off in the distance forever. I used to love that as a kid. And I knew then that it was not just a trick of light, that it was actually literal and that you could literally <clears throat> see. No, I don't know. I don't, maybe, I, I, you know, I don't know the math. It's the math that I get hung up on. I put my head in there and I start and I go, let's do the math. And I think that I think, what math? And then it's all downhill from there. But I know that the people that can do it will just look at an object. They'll say, like, look at a guitar or something, and they'll just see n cascading numbers. But I don't do that. I can't do that. I'm more, uh, I, you know, it's not the numbers for me, you know, or anything, or the information. Now, this is not my story, and this is not from my mall, but a friend of mine told me this as we were visiting his childhood mall, 
that they had a shoe store with a petting zoo. Now, I we did not have that. So I have nothing like that. That is fantastic. You know, I could only imagine that there were animals that were living at this mall at night. But I'm sure there weren't. I just had hoped, like, that you know, it was my dream that there would be a 24-7 year-round nativity scene in one of the store spaces that like a church did and then they would have uh, you know camels and sheep living there all year and you'd go you'd walk by and catch a whiff and I thought that would add so much to like because I had thought that you know the the thing that the mall is missing sometimes are animal smells if you really want to have the orchestra of smells that can be in a public space. That's a wonderful one, and I love that, and you get that at the at the flea market sometimes, you know, sometimes, if there's um, buskers. But uh, then, you know, but they didn't have that. But then this was at this uh, friend's mall. I actually had one. Uh, you know, we did have crazy spaces, and I, I liked working as a, a clown there, and I didn't enjoy the abuse necessarily. I liked visiting friends at their uh, jobs like at Just Silver or places like that and um, I'm trying to think of other things that we didn't you know what we didn't have is an organ I've said this before you know we didn't have an organ one at this because I'm talking 80s not not 70s 70s malls had other things in them children that were strange um, year-round Santa no they didn't have that either that would have been great why can't you have that year-round? Because there's things I want, and they're not necessarily for Christmas. I know probably what I'm describing is therapy, but it would be nice to just, you're at the mall, and you go, you know what, I'm going to go tell that guy dressed as a saint. You know, just like, not a confession, but just like a desire confession. So you sit there, and you go, you know, uh, Santa Nicolas, uh, I would, I desire... Um, you know, a certain kind of shirt. I like, you know, is it, I feel a little greedy or something, but I would really like it like a fine, you know, I'm content with the shirts I buy at the discount place, but I would really like a well-made, something I'm going to have for a long time that might be, you know, on the expensive side, but just a, a garment, you know, a well-made garment. And he would go, all right, I'll see what I can do, like that. And it doesn't have to happen. It's just nice to share that. Know that it's okay to want stuff. You don't have to have everything, but it'd be nice to have somebody spiritual that understands that. You don't have to sit on his lap or anything. That's a little weird and everything. That's that's left over from another time. And I wouldn't want it to be like a confessional where I'm sitting next to him in like an adjacent bathroom stall with some uh, caning between us or whatever that is. I don't want that, um, but you know, maybe just sit opposite, like a, like we're just you sit like at a, like it's a Maria Abramovich thing, which is Santa's on the other side of the table, and you sit there and you kind of maybe just look into each other's eyes for a while, and then you go, Santa, there's things I want, and he says, tell me, and then you just let your heart's desires come out, and uh, it. It's not like therapy. I think it's closer to art, religion-y thing. And that belongs at the mall, for sure. <clears throat> I guess I'm fascinated, too, with things that are in the middle, just sitting on a carpet, like the chair rides. You can ride on one of those chairs that doesn't go anywhere. I guess they're for massage or everything, but to me, they feel like the ones at Disney World that go, we're going to the moon. And you go, oh, why is there a roll? Why does the moon make you feel like there's a roller on your butt or something. I always thought, but the chair bounces around a little bit. And they have those at the mall. And you sit there and relax and pay a little money. And um, other things in the middle. You know, the kiosks in the middle as well. Now they have all sorts of, of stuff. But it was just license plates, uh, custom, custom-y things. Bracelets. People like ID bracelets. Something written on it. It's a nice, it's a nice middle point between not doing anything and having a tattoo. So you have a bracelet that says, you know, foxy lady, and just have it on the bracelet. And then later, now people just go, just write it on my wrist. Screw it. Just put it on, write it right on my skin. But they used to be, we would put it on other stuff like t-shirts and, 
uh, bracelets and hats and everything. Now they're like, well, the heck with it, you know. That's why you want to, oh, why did I get this jive turkey tattoo? We didn't have that problem. But, you know, that's okay. It's a different, it's a different world. People, oh, I, many people had uh, tattoos. I remember, like, um, when I was coming up, Sailor Jim had one, and I remember Sailor Buddy. And um, what is his name? Captain Mike had one, and um, Sarge. And be, but, it, but just as many as now, pretty not as many on the on the neck. I get. I want to freak out. I'd love to be at when I'm about seventy. I want to walk into a tattoo parlor and just say like, "I want I want the TV Guide logo on my throat. It's my first one." And they probably turn you down. I say, no, probably you don't want that. Um, who knows? Somewhere somebody's got ZZ Top on their forehead. And that's okay. I and mean, we all have that anyway. I do that in my heart and all the time. That's letting them all in. It's a big soul tattoo. That's never going to go anywhere. There's some things, experience, you can't even have them covered up. I did that. I said, I'd like to have this. I had this experience about working at the mall in the 80s. And I'd like to, could you cover it up with some better design? And they go, man, that's no, that's in there. And they can't, you can't do some eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, but with like mind tattoo and just like, instead of erasing it, just sort of like draw over it and make it something slightly different. Like it wasn't really a mall. It was Japan. I don't know. You know, just coloring something in. No, it will now have always happened. And I don't really mind. I like the, it was a, you know, I don't know if it's still there. Well, they they tried to tear it down, but it won't go anywhere. They don't know what to, it failed, ultimately. People were like, I hate the plastic cave. And so the people around the city thought, all right, well, we don't want to tear it down completely. So let's just cut it up into pieces and bring cars inside. That's weird. They did that for a while, too. I don't know what the... Now I don't even know. Let's make some of it a church and other parts of it a slaughterhouse. Now they don't, you know, let's find creative use. Uh, we'll have an ice rink and some government offices. There we can also... They don't know. And it's a... Bless them and everything. And it's the... Just let the jungle take it back. I would like... To, I want to see... And they have some of these, like they lose their nerve at some point, but all dead malls should look like Angkor Wat. They should eventually look like an old Buddhist temple that has been reclaimed by the jungle. We have enough places in this country that really we have beautiful jungly forest. If we would just walk away, uh, it would have no problem. It would be taken over and there would be all sorts of things living there you you'd be you'd be thinking be people in Alabama going I don't even know we had monkeys but they would you would have there'd be things living there uh, macaques or I don't even know you know lizards and everything like that and um, if they did it in Florida if they did it in Florida in only a couple decades, there would be alligators living there that had their own culture and that talked and that walked on all on the back legs. I guarantee it. Thank you for a fun the alligator people would take back over. Thank you for leaving us this wonderful space. We have reclaimed it for our alligator culture. And um, we are ultimately gentle. They sound like they all sound like Foster Brooks. Because they're acid. They talk about acid reflux. An alligator's belly is so acidy. Because they gotta, they eat bones and all and everything. So that's why they're always making that. If you've ever lived uh, near alligators, you'd be like, what is that? You know, it sounds like Tibetan throat singing, but a lot of times it's just an old bull gator out there having some stomach, stomach problems. Now, I don't know exactly why they make that noise. I always thought it was digestion. But we can ask them. 
when they have their temple back. So I think that would be a beautiful thing. And I would do that. I'd be standing there in the mall parking lot. I would kind of age progress it, you know, the way they do. They'd say, they do that with AI now. And they go, Freddie Mercury was still alive. He would look like old Freddie Mercury. And they did that. Even before they had AI, they were doing like, does John Lennon would look like this now? Older. Um, you know, the girl, the girl from Family Affair who died, she'd look like this now. That's harder to do with the children. They do that for missing children now, too. Um, they've done it for people missing a long time, you know. Here's what we think the, the, well, what's his name? The, um, what's the Jack the Ripper would look like now? Um, skeleton. Are people, that, are there people have gone missing? Oh, well, uh, yeah, what's his, Jimmy Hoffa, but everybody's pretty sure he was, he was killed. But I wonder what's the famous, most famous, oh, uh, Amelia Earhart, they haven't found her remains, I don't think. They're somewhere, I think, they're on some weird island, suspended in aspic. You will find her, and she's in, what is that? And you go, well, that is aviator Amelia Earhart, suspended in time-space aspic. She ran afoul with the the people of the cookbook. And um, that's what happened. Or could be. And then they'd find and they'd revive her. Wake up, wake up. And she'd be so amused by all the I'm so amused by all of the uh, my the uh, movies I see now of speculation of what happened to me. And when the whole time I was in jello. And I don't know if that's true or not. But um but there, I hear people saying it. No, I don't think, uh, I've never had a, I say a lot of dumb things that are wrong, and no one ever goes around repeating them. I don't know why they do that with other people. Have you noticed that? I mean, I don't want them to, but I just think, I think sometimes, you know, why, why are people not repeating my lies? Are they not convincing enough? Are they too uh, fanciful? Because the stuff I hear on the news is wacky, and I know these people are all in for some of it. So I was thinking, you know, well, I know, you know, I know Baruch Spinoza. I time travel. Why is that crazy? Well, I thought you were speaking figuratively. Well, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. The good thing is you don't know. If you're really an open-minded person, you, you, there'll be some doubt. You know, I'm pretty sure Harvey doesn't, Hardy, Harvey, I don't even know his name, but uh, doesn't time travel, but... Um, you know, who knows, really? We always have to think there's small percentage. It's, it is. It's true. Because look at it like with the standard model of the universe. You know, it's all it's right except for just one glaring thing that makes it wrong. So it's important that nine, if, as long as 99% of the things are right, you've probably got things figured out, I think. <clears throat> Don't worry about the things, that one thing that makes everything wrong. Ignore it. You know, sometimes it's just an outlier. If, for instance, if somebody has an opinion that's different than yours, no, I don't know. That's not, that's a different thing altogether. And, and when I'm going into sales at the mall, they tell you don't ever mention that. Let's say you are at the old-timey mall and they sell those little organs. You know people don't need a small organ that does the cha-cha by itself. Again, dangerously close to AI there, you I always thought, how does this organ need me? Because they'd turn it on, you know, and you know, and then I was like, that's fantastic, but I have a record player, and it's better than that. But how does this need me? And they go, well, you get to sit there and you look like you're playing it. And so, well, that, that I like that. So, um, I wanted to look like E. Power Biggs. I had an album by E. Power Biggs who played organ. I almost called him R. Stevie Biggs. That's not his, his E. Power Biggs. But um, I knew it was an initial. It took me a minute. Um, and I like that Takana and Fugue in, in, in D minor or whatever it is. And I thought, I love that. It's so scary. I'd love to be scared by this man's organ is what I thought. Now you're thinking that. Well, let me tell you something. 
all this talk about the mall has made me not nostalgic, which is very much what I wanted. I thought if I dredge this up again, and I can see it for what it is, and I didn't, I grew to like a thing, I got used to it. You know how that is. You get used to a thing. But I remember my very first impression was, well, my very first impression, the first time I was in like uh, the local mall, I thought this food court is amazing. This is, uh, I was very young though, you know, because I was impressed by, I can get pizza and Chinese food together. You know, just, I can literally use the same tray. So that is exciting to me, but that, that wore off. These experiences, though, uh, are not something that I long for. You know, I look back at them and I acknowledge that they helped shape me. And I try to understand what was going on and the context and how different my idea of what was going on was from the reality. You know, it's so easy to make anything your little cozy world. Anything, no matter how dysfunctional, can become your little town. You know that. Any family go, well, we're a family. A horrible family that damages one another and confuses one another and all gives all of you dyspepsia. And they'd still be a family, you know, but they don't always, not everything is ideal. But we, we do make these institutions out of them regardless, you know. Well, this is my job. This is my family. This is my town square. It may be an ugly plastic cave, but it's it's ours. It's where we meet. The local pub is like that too. You have a local, a local. Some people call them. And it's a pub, a public house, a pub, a puberia, a pubbery, or a drinkery, eatery, brewery. Uh, what do you call them? A local bar. So you go down to the bar, and sometimes they're like a dive. They're ugly and everything, but it isn't about that. It's where everybody knows your name. <laughs> and they're glad that they do. Doom, doom, doom. There used to be a woman who worked here. Now there's a new one. But I recognize the rest of you. Mm-hmm. Cliff's jacket from Cheers is in the National... Uh, institute uh, uh, Institute What's it called? What do you call it? The thing The Institute of National Museum I forget what you call it now for a minute Oh, that's terrible Oh, my mind Oh, my poor mind But, uh, I mean, I don't care that it is They have lots of pop culture things there And um, it's in there In the Archie Bunker chair They'd be, I'd be willing to see that. Just go to a national museum that's just props. Even from things that, even shows I don't remember. This was a prop from Bill Bixby's The Magician. And over here, you know, wait, wait, ugh, they have to give you a whole refresher. So, um, but that's it. That would be beautiful to be remembered like that. To have your, something from your work. To have your stapler. Or something. This is my, a lot of the stuff from work here. Is going over to the uh, National Archives there. To the thing I can't think of inexplicably. It's a network of national museums. And each one, there's a history one, a science one. A, like a popular culture one. I'll think of them when I'm off the air. And you're screaming it. Don't know. Don't anybody write it on the comments board. Don't you know how this show works? We love mystery. We live for these moments. We like to be right on the cusp of forgetting. That is exquisite. Not every itch needs to be scratched. Let it itch. You know? Let it just... irk you like that. Right? So, um, I like the unknown. And I like not to figure things out. And I like things to not have a point necessarily. I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think that uh, it's, it's unlikely that I, Hardy White, could figure things out, isn't it?
You are listening to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope 91.9 in Rockland County in New York City, New York, and online worldwide at WFMU.org. Thank you for listening, and I will see you again next week.